Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to back to another Morning Slam podcast here on YouTube, also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Apple Play, wherever the hell it's called. Uh, Google, <laughs> Google Podcasts, and wherever you see your podcast out in the world. Hello, I'm Justin. Welcome back. Yesterday was episode one. Today is episode two. We got a lot of stuff going on today here. Uh, just real, real quick, let's get the housekeeping out the way. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter, X, uh, which is the link down below. Also, on my Instagram, follow me as well. I've been live tweeting. I was live tweeting all night during Monday Night Raw. If you want to, um, you know, react to Raw with me, um, you can definitely check that out. Uh, also, as well, sponsored by my company, Spinebuster Tees, SpinebusterTees.com. We have the fall sale up and running today, uh, going through all the way through fall where you get extra 10% off. Uh, check out the main designs on the websites for, for men and women and also in tank tops as well. So, Spinebuster Tees, SpinebusterTees.com. So, let's talk, let's talk about some wrestling here. Let's talk about some wrestling here. Monday Night Raw was a really good show last night. And ever since the merger, Raw has been good. It's the second Raw, but the, the last two shows has been good. SmackDown was good uh, on Friday as well. So, so far, so far, so good with this, uh, with, the, with the merger. What I do want to say is Jay Uso and what he's bringing to the table he has sprouted multiple storylines in WWE just for him coming in. I mean, he came in and basically there's three storylines based off him coming in and the locker room, you know, uh, you know, not wanting him there. Plus, you got the Judgment Day there. Plus, you got, uh, you know, Cody there too, obviously as well. And, and what's his situation? You got Drew McIntyre, you know, uh, turning heel. Uh, what what seems at least for him to be turning heel. So. So Raw was very enjoyable um, overall. So we're going to get into that today also as well. We're going to talk about uh, some Eddie Kingston news. Uh, we're also going to talk about SmackDown ratings and um, the future viewership for that also along with the AEW Rampage. We got a note from AEW Dynamite Grand Slam from this past uh, Wednesday. We got some Jay Uso news. And uh, yeah, we also got NXT uh, coming up tonight, so we will uh, preview that card as well. And uh, yeah, man, this is gonna, like I said, it's gonna be a, a very fun show here. So I uh, appreciate everyone uh, in the chat. Um, be a friend, tell a friend. As I said yesterday, I, I want this podcast to um, to reach as many people as possible, right? And uh, I would love to, you know, you know, to, to become bigger here on the platform, and whatnot. But at the end of the day, this is just for fun. At the end of the day, I have my own business as well. But uh, it's, just, it's a passion project of mine uh, that I, um, you know, that I love to do. So don't forget, every weekday, 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Um, some people were thinking it was just on Mondays I'm doing it. No, it's, it's every weekday. So let's not waste any more time. Got all the jibber-jabber out of the way. Let's officially go over uh, this Monday Night Raw show. And uh, it comes from you from Ontario, California, not Ontario, Toronto, Canada. So, um, you know, they're building up for uh, Fastlane. And, uh, yeah, you, you, had a, you had a lot of good stuff here on the show. They did start off with uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh, 
uh, Corey Rolls did come out to, to the ring, made his entrance, and, uh, you know, everyone wants to do the wow, you know, do all that stuff. It's kind of cringe or whatnot, but it gets the fans involved, you know. It, you know, if you are a casual fan, you don't watch wrestling every week, you watch wrestling, you know, every now and then, it's fun to do it. I get it 100%. So, so yeah, the the fan the fans are going to, you know, have their fun at the end of the day. So, so Cody comes out. Uh, he stated that he wants to uh, cut right to the chase. He wants to cut right to the chase uh, for why uh, he, he brought back Jay Uso uh, to WWE. And, uh, you know, before he really got into that, um, he, they were interrupted, or he was interrupted, rather, by the Judgment Day. And, um, you know, I will say this. Um, the judgment, obviously, they're they're having a feud with the judgment day right now. But you already knew, you already know where this is going or whatnot. So I, you know, like I kind of predicted, you know, a few weeks ago, not on the show because I just started the show, but just internally here, I, you know, say to myself, I'm like, okay, well, I really think that uh, we're gonna have a war games match, and I had another different idea um, that I don't think it's gonna happen. Most likely. 99.9% of the time is, is going to happen. They involve DIY. Um, but that's not going to happen. But um, I will say this, that uh, it seems after last night that it's clear that we are going to get a War Games match most likely. And that it's clear we know the War Games match and the participants in it, which is great. I love the great foreshadowing that WWE does. Um, in situations like this, um, and that and that's being very foreshadowed, and and uh, it, sh- it should be shipping up to be a uh, a good war games match uh, once it is officially announced. So, Judgment Day was out there. Dom gets on the mic, and look, I I really like Dom Mysterio. I think he's came a. I'm gonna you know praise him a little bit more later on because they had a fantastic match. Uh, him and um, Dragon Lee on Dragon Lee's uh, Raw debut. But a lot of people out there are saying that Dom gets, you know, um, he gets heat, which he does. But a lot of those people don't go to the shows. At the shows, he's getting heat. It's loud in the arena. But on TV, either they turn up the booze or they turn down his microphone. I tweeted last night, I said, I think they may turn up the booze, but... It's, you know, I, at least last night, you know, after listening to it again, it sounds like they actually turned down his microphone, and that's probably what it is, and, you know, maybe, maybe I was thinking about it in reverse, but they clearly turned down his microphone, and if you don't see that, then I don't know what to tell you, you know, you're just, you know, you're just naive, and you're not listening right, so Dom does get heat, don't get me wrong, he gets heat, it's just that it's not, it's not completely natural when it comes off on television, so, but you know it's good to it's good to uh, to see that he is getting the heat though. So so um so yeah so basically coming down to the you know coming down to the um to the ring was Judgment Day. Then all of a sudden you see Sami Zayn, uh, Kevin Owens, and Jey Uso come in the ring behind Cody Rhodes, as in like in a little standoff. Then you get JD McDonough, who was missing last week, comes out with two steel chairs. Gives one to Finn Balor, and he was like, oh, are you guys in? Are you guys in? Everyone was in, but Damian Priest and they, uh, three members of, of the Judgment Day, even though 
uh, J.D. McDonough's not officially part of it, rush the ring, and, uh, you know, they start to brawl, then eventually Damian Priest gets in the ring and gets beat up by all four baby faces. So, so at the beginning of uh, of Raw, I was like, okay, there's your War Games match. That There's your War Games match right there. But that made, it made even more clear that we're going to get a War Games uh, going into um, Survivor Series this year. Uh, we're just waiting for it to be announced at this point. So, But a uh, good opening segment. I love the way that they are foreshadowing war games. I love that Cody is still not for game. Well, why am I here? Why am I back? Or not why am I here? Why am I back? Why is Jey Uso here? Why is Jey Uso back? So, I, I, like I said, I love that foreshadowing. I love what they're doing there. And, um, you know, continue storytelling. Uh, Monday Night Raw, uh, as of late at least, has been, you know, making stories, telling stories, and again, from this Jey Uso situation, it spawned into th- like three different stories, three different storylines that spawned into. So it's uh, it- it's very, 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 very cool that one person comes in, spawns up three different storylines, dynamic storylines at that, um, storylines I care about um, just because of that. So very good stuff there from the opening. Uh, we got our very first match of the night. It was a, it was what I called, uh, well, what I called on, uh, on Twitter. I, I called it a, uh, you know, like the flabby, uh, you know, flabby men, uh, you know, give me what I want, you know, flabby men. So, uh, it was Otis, Otis, if you want to still call him that, versus Bronson Reed. It was short. It was sweet. It didn't stay overstay its welcome. It was fantastic. Fantastic. It showed the athletic ability of Otis that we've probably never really seen uh too much before. Um, you know, but they were, you know, they you know, they did regular big big man spots where if it, where it was like big show versus Great Kali, or in this case, Bronson Reed versus Otis. So, you know, you had a headlock spot, and uh, you know, shot off the ropes, shoulder block. You know, they're at, you know, they're, uh, you know, at a standstill, off the ropes, double cross by collision. Uh, you know, basically, Otis recovers. Bronson uh, uh, rolls away from a Vader, uh, Vader bomb. Um, well, before that, Otis uh, did a, uh, like, a, I think, like, a Bronson was going for, like, a clothesline. And uh, and Otis does, like, a, you know, like a lucha roll. <laughs> like, he was doing an like, actual lucha roll, so... So good stuff there, good athletic ability from Otis, but Bronson Reed wins with a tsunami. So, you know, you gotta continue building up Bronson Reed, and and one of the things I really liked about this show was that um, they are focusing on new talent, or they're giving talent who's never really had a run yet. They're laying them run with the ball. You got you have Bronson Reed, you had Tegan Knox, you had Dragon Lee who's new. You had Tommaso Ciampa. So you got people on this show who who's getting opportunities, right, um, to run with the ball, per se, who's never really had that chance to run with the ball. That's what we need. We need new stars. We need new faces on TV. We need new people for the crowd, for the fans to get attached to. And if those wrestlers don't get those opportunities, how can we expect to care about them on TV? Those four names right there, Probably Dragon Lee, he, he, it was more of a debut. It's just for him to be noticed. He's not going to be called up to the main roster immediately right now. But at least 
people know who he is and when he comes back it says his match to me is gonna be memorable he, when he comes back to either Monday Night Raw or, or SmackDown, people are going to be aware of who he is and what he is. And also as well, because he went up against Dom too as well, people are going to be aware of how good he is. And they may even turn the NXT for him too as well. Who knows? But, but at the end of the day though, um, you know, Bronson Reed wins. It was, it was a very short match, but it was fucking awesome. So, you know, hey, man, I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for that at the end of the day. I'm all for, for, for big, big flabby men, you know, uh, you know, working in the ring and, uh, you know, doing what they need to do. So, so very good stuff. Very good stuff overall. I give that a 10 out of 10. It was fantastic. Match of the decade, right? <laughs> uh, not really, but, yeah, but it, was, it was match of the decade for me. Anyway, um, so after that, we go backstage. I mentioned Tegan Knox uh, just a second ago. We see Becky Lynch with Tegan Knox, and Becky alludes to her promo last week saying, hey, I was expecting someone like you to come out there, uh, you know, instead of Natalia. You know, don't let Natalia, you know, or, or anyone else push you around. You know, you got to be, uh, you know, more aggressive, essentially what Becky Lynch was saying. But um, basically, long story short, if you guys don't remember last week, Tegan Knox was supposed to actually start a story uh, uh, with Becky Lynch per se, or a star story in general, and um, basically they changed plans at the last minute to get Natalia out there. So I, I think at the end of the day, if this is where they're where they thought this story would go better with, I'm not gonna complain, right? Um, I'm not gonna complain. So we'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that match a little bit later because. Uh, Natalia came up in an interview later. We'll talk about that, but um, well, actually, it was actually it was uh, actually I think it was right after this, or or it was uh, yeah, I think it was right after because there was a commercial break. They came back from commercial break, then uh, there was Adam Pierce there with Tegan Knox, and Tegan Knox uh, was talking to uh, Adam Pierce, talking about hey, you know, I want a shot at whoever wins between Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch uh, for No Mercy. No Mercy is this Saturday. And they're going to be facing off against each other in an Extreme Rules match, which should be a dynamic match. Um, Tegan Knox was talking to the Adam Pearce, hey, you know, I should get the winner of that match. Um, Natalia came up and, uh, you know, basically said, hey, you know, you know, um, you know, be cautious, you know, this, that, and the other. Uh, and basically, long story short, we're going to get Tegan Knox versus Natty a little bit later tonight, which we'll talk about. Next match, we have... Ludwig Kaiser versus Tommaso Ciampa. Again, Ciampa is continuing his uh, ascent, continuing his popularity. We got Ciampa chance, and, and a shout-out to the Ontario crowd. A, a good shout-out to the Ontario crowd. They were smart. They were cheering for Ciampa. They were cheering for uh, Tegan Knox. You know, they were uh, cheering for, you know, those guys, excuse me, uh, those guys uh, in that mat, in their matches. So, which is cool, which is cool. So, we need smart crowds like that. You have fans out in Ontario cheering for people that you'll never really hear get cheered. We heard, let's go Champa Chance during this match between Ludwig Kaiser and Tommaso Champa, And we heard, let's go Tegan Chance. So... Hopefully that 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 uh, rubs off to other cities as well to like, hey guys, you should be you know cheering for these guys. 
Uh, but as far as uh, Tomas Champa versus uh, Ludwig Kaiser, um, it was a very serviceable match. Nothing, nothing, you know, that was fantastic or anything, but it was it was a fairly good TV match. We know these guys can go in the ring, um, you know, but it was a uh, it was a fairly uh, it got it got it got straight to the point because they didn't have a lot of time either. But um, you know, basically, you see. At one point, Champa does a Lutez press to uh, uh, to Kaiser here. Uh, you know, uh, you know. Before we go to commercial break, after commercial break, that's where the match picks up. Kaiser was in control. He was in control before the commercial break. Uh, you know, Champa was on the floor, um, and uh, you know there was going to be a ten count. He beats back into the ring. Um, you know, so they were going you know in and out of the ring for a little bit. But then we saw a, a Project Champa. Um, then we saw, uh, Giovanni Vinci get involved because of course he got involved and, uh, we can see Champa him with the knee. Then Kaiser hits it as a Gary goes for the cover. It was a two count. Then, uh, Champa, uh, hits, um, Kaiser with a jumping knee. Very different. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't project Champa. It wasn't, um, you know, uh, you know, Willow's bell or it wasn't the fairy tale ending. It was just a jumpy knee. I don't know if that, I don't know if Champa's gonna be using it as his finisher from now on, but honestly, I would rather just keep one of those other three that I mentioned, especially the fairy tale ending. Um, I don't know, it's because the fairy tale ending is um, not really a pal driver, but kind of like a pedigree ish move, and I don't know. But everyone's using pedigree now too, as well. So I don't know, but. I'll just say this that you know I'd rather have Champa. Now I will say this: Champa's he's you know for his size he's very strong. Do they think that that Champa can't put Gunther in the fairy tale ending? That's why they're trying to get over this jumpy knee. I don't know, but regardless though, Champa and Gunther, which seems to be uh, on the way because after the match, uh, Champa did a uh, post a post a promo. Um, in the camera, and I say, how's he gonna take everything away from Gunther? So, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see what happens with this here, and see on how they progress here. But it looks like to me that at Fast Lane we're gonna get Champa versus Gunther. Not official yet, but that's gonna be seem to be on the way. So, um, next we have Tiganox versus uh, Natalia. Becky Lynch comes down to the ring uh, to be on commentary. Match was short, but during this match as well, uh, it shows that Tegan Knox is an asset if you give her the ball. Uh, one thing I will say about Tegan Knox that is her weakness is that she cannot cut a promo. She's not a good speaker. And I know that's probably the biggest thing on why she's not on television, but if you allow for her to go out there and not have her speak as much, you know what I mean? You want to, you know, not exploit her weaknesses. You want to to make sure that her strength is on under a spotlight and make sure that's shining, right? You do not want to exploit her weaknesses. And I think her weaknesses is definitely her, um, you know, her character per se and her promo ability. She has the look. She has the, you know, the, the multicolored hair and, and she has gray attire, right? She looks great. You know what I mean? You know, I, I think I think she's very, 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 very beautiful. Uh, you know what I mean? You know, she's not bad on the eyes. And, 
you know, she can go in the ring. I mean, I mean, even though this match here itself, to me, I think she was going a little bit tasseled for my for my taste. But you can tell that she and and Grant too as well. You know, she had like you know two ACL surgeries. I've seen I've seen both times that she got injured. Yeah, I mean, I think they were both during the Mae Young Classic. I know for sure one was for sure during the Mae Young Classic. I don't know if the other one was before the Mae Young Classic, like on the NXT. But but yeah, man. Um, or or the story was that she. She she tore her ACL. Then she was in the Mae Young Classic. Then she tore ACL again in like the second match of the tournament for her. So it was yeah yeah yeah. Anyway, but anyway um um. But basically, uh, at the end of the day, back and forth action here. You saw a uh a penalty kick, a Gort Buster from Tiganox. You saw Nyhar going for a lighter bomb, um, which went for a two count. But at the end of the day, Tiganots wins with the shiniest wizard for the one, two, three. Michael Cole, you can tell who Michael Cole has um, affection towards too. One of those has been Tiganox, and the other one was Tony Storm. If you ever seen any of the May Young classics, you can tell that because Michael Cole was on the commentary for those. Uh, you can tell that I well was Michael Cole. No, Michael Cole was on commentary for Evolution. It was Morrow. I think it was Morrow. It may have just been Morrow and Lita, if I remember right. It was either Morrow and Lita or or Michael Cole and Lita. Wherever the case would be, you can see Michael has that affection towards Tegan Knox on commentary because you know you can you can tell you can just see uh, on that on the way he speaks about her. But and he speaks about her in high regard, and you know she deserves it as well. So uh, hopefully we'll talk about this a little bit later, but. Hopefully this leads to a bigger story with Tegan Knox. Um, hopefully she can, um, you know, be utilized more on TV. This is what we need more. We need more people being utilized, and that's what we're getting. We're getting on the men's side. We got, you know, Bronson Reed, and we got Tommaso Ciampa, and it seems like they're going to be, at least for a little bit, on TV more regularly. On the women's side, it looks like, at least for now, we're going to have Tegan Knox. Uh, on Raw, and that's what we need. We need more women. This is how you build up more stars, right? Because on Raw, you mean, yeah, yeah, we got our Becky Lynch's and Rhea Ripley's and Chelsea Green's and and Nia Jax, unfortunately, and you know, um, you know, so you got women like that, Shayna Baszler, right? Um, but we need more women, like you know, to to for situations like either to do a women's war games, which I don't see right now. Um, but I will say that Raw at least use their use their women more and better than SmackDown. But they do have more women on Raw too as well. But you know, my question is, where's Katana Chance and where's Caden Carter? I get we can't get everybody on the show. Lynn Morgan's out. I get that too as well. Um, but Tia Knox, I'm glad that she's getting the opportunity. This is what I want. I want her. I want women. I want people to get the opportunity. If it doesn't work out. We can at least say, okay, hey, they had chances. They had, you know, a feud with someone. It didn't work out. You know, okay, I get why WWE is not utilizing them. Totally understand it, right? But, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm very glad to, to see that she is getting that opportunity at the end of the day. So, so good for Tegan Knox. I wish her the best in, um, yeah, in, in what she's doing there. So, so um, but, yeah, with her winning, though, it was very refreshing. So, Okay, so next after that, we get a Seth Rollins promo. Um, there was a there was a lot to break down from this. At one point in this promo, Seth Rollins says he's the best in the world. 
look, I'm not I'm not really going to speculate on that. I'm not going to speculate because Rollins said, I am the best in the world. Is WWE telling us something? Possibly. Definitely possibly. But I'm not going to speculate on that. And now if they continue to egg it on, and egg it on, and egg it on, then there's more smoke to that fire. Okay? So... But yeah, basically, long story short, he wanted to challenge uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. At one point as well, I was thinking like, because Seth Rollins said, oh, this could be my final match. Okay, Seth, like I know, I know you're selling your back, right? I know your back is legitimately, you know, fucked up too as well. Is it your last match, really? I don't think it's going to be your last match. I don't think it's going to be your last match. You know what I mean? Maybe the last match of my career. Like, stop. Just stop it. Stop it. I know you're injured, but don't. I know you're trying to sell a match, but stop it. Don't, don't, don't insult my intelligence. Okay, but um, it's gonna be a last man standing match. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura um came out. He didn't come out, but he was on um on the Titantron with subtitles. And you know the way that they do Shinsuke Nakamura, the presentation of him, very New Japan like with some of the promos. Um, I really like it. It's a different dynamic with them. And uh, it's not your it's not your same Shinsuke at the end of the day. But I really like what they do with them. Um, but he got you know basically uh, did a promo and basically said uh, last man standing. So it looks like we're gonna get a last man standing match at Fastlane between um, Shinsuke Nakamura and Seth Rollins. So let's talk about that. Last man standing equals babyface wins. In my opinion, if you look at the records of last man standing matches throughout WWE's history, it's just a guess. Maybe, maybe baby faces win 80 to 85 percent of the time. That's just a guess. I don't know. 80 to 85 percent of the time. I, I know one on top of my head that that ended with a heel win, and that was Tomas Champa versus Giant uh, Gargano in their last man standing match. I forgot what I forgot what takeover was. I don't know if it, I, maybe it was Chicago again. I don't I don't know. I don't remember, but um, that's one for sure. I, I can think off the top of my head. But man, like I I just remember like a lot a lot of last man standing matches in screw. I think it was like John Cena versus the Miz or Batista or whoever got like you know duct tape between his, their feet duct tape uh, over the ring posts. Whoever that was, that was going up against John Cena. Was it Randy? I don't remember, but that pissed me off back in the day. But regardless, though, <clears throat> last man standing match, babyface wins. So I expect Seth Rollins to win here. Unless, and it depends what they do next week. Wherever the segment is next week, it depends on that. So I don't know. We'll have to uh, kind of wait and see and see what happens there and see what, what they do about that because I don't. Trust WWE to put the title on Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I would love to see. I would love to see a, a Tyrant because I think he deserves it. Um, but I don't know if they're gonna end up doing it uh, because at the end of the day too, and you know, and I would be okay with um, with uh, Shinsuke being a transitional champion. Have him win. Let Seth be at his lowest, kind of like Rocky Three or whatnot. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, um, I was gonna say Hearts on Fire, Strong Desire, but that's Rocky Four. But you know, have Seth being down very low, then have him win it back in the next pay-per-view. I will be okay with that if the story 
is told correctly, but I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see on uh, what where where they go from there with that. But segment overall was, you know, it didn't really assault my intelligence. It, you know, it did what it needed to do. We did see Ricochet uh, being interviewed backstage. He doesn't know when he's going to be cleared, but he does know one thing. He's going to come after Shinsuke Nakamura. So, so maybe, um, maybe they can have Shinsuke win. Uh, this is just me thinking. It's either. Ricochet goes after Nakamura, which is not going to be for the World Heavyweight Championship, or is going to be the next feud, I think, will possibly be Nakamura versus Ricochet as Seth recovers and he tries to get himself back. Then then after that, once Seth is ready to come back, it will be Shinsuke versus Seth again. I think that would be a great way to do it. I will personally would do that if I was booking it. I just don't think... I just don't think that that's what the direction WWE is going to go in. That's just something that I would personally would like to see, right? Uh, but I don't think WWE is going to do that at the end of the day. So We got the NXT North American Championship match. Dominic Mysterio versus Dragon Lee. This was fantastic. Not match of the year. Not the greatest match ever. Not the, you know, you know, not the best North American championship match ever. No, it's none of that. But it was a great debut for Dragon Lee on the main roster. And look, look, guys, let's let's be honest here. Dragon Lee wrestled in the freaking Tokyo Dome. Dragon Lee wrestled on Dynamite. You know what I mean? So, like, he, he wrestled in front of big audiences before he's wrestled in front of American audiences many, many times, or, or even Japan's one big, big. So to me, this was the biggest match of his career, right? Because it was on, the, it's on the biggest platform on the show that's been around for 30 years. Obviously to me, this is the biggest match of the year, but to, but at the end of the day though, if you follow Dragon Lee, if you know where he comes from, if you know, um, you know, you know what kind of matches he's been in. For, hell, he I, he wrestled in uh, Jushin Thunder Liger's last match. He wrestled in Jushin Liger's last match, which was a tag match. Right? I think it was with him and uh, Hiromu Takahashi versus um, versus Jushin Thunder Liger and someone else. I forget who, but I believe it was last match at Wrestle Kingdom last year or two years ago, wherever it was. But regardless, this match here was great. Dom, hey man, I'm just gonna say this man. He's being the allegations. He's being he's being the can't wrestle allegations. Not only his character work is 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 tremendous, but he's getting better in the ring, and it sh- and it showed in this match. It really showed in this match. It I mean he looks he looked now. It takes two to tango because Dragon Lee was there too as well. But again, it takes two to tango because Dom looked good here as well. I mean, just nice back and forth counters, you know, freaking uh, Dragon Lee was doing his high flying stuff. He did a, uh, uh, you know, a Tope kind hero uh, over the ropes <clears throat> before a co- commercial break. Um, then you see uh, Mysterio was getting heat on Lee for a little while, um, you know, so you see like, uh, you know, elbows and scoop slams and lariats and, and all that stuff there. But we got... We got a, a lot of good stuff here from Dragon Lee as well. Like a hesitation drop kick in the corner. We saw, um, you know, we saw near falls being traded. We saw a uh, a big over the rope, uh, her and Karana onto the floor from Dragon Lee. 
we see a um we we see a uh, a basically a, a golden star power bomb last right power bomb where we want to s- uh, say but that but that beautiful last right sit down power bomb from uh, from Dragon Lee which which is his finisher and it was a two count um, then we see a trio woe from uh, from Dragon Lee he put on to Dominic did a uh, diving double foot stop from the uh, top row which like look looks super super sick. Um, then, you know, at the end of the day, you see, um, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a clean match too. No judgment day business as well. But at the end of the day as well, uh, Dragon Lee was going to go for another, uh, I believe another maneuver, but, um, Dom crotches him on the top ropes. Dom has the frog splash for the one, two, three pinfall. And the, the response on social media was great not just me I, I said at one point i said look <laughs> i said Domin, Domin, dragon lee they're pulling up one for the hood right now it was a great match it was a great match this is how you get and how you create new stars this is how you create new stars now obviously triple h is in control of creative for the most part we'll say about 90 percent at this point God, man, how come Vince didn't? How come Vince did not allow matches like this on on the main roster when NXT was at its height? Yeah, we kind of yeah we did get the NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown, but that was but that was because if you guys remember the story, that was because um, the talent were was still at uh, still at the Saudi airport after one of the Saudi events. I think it was Crown Jewel. Remember when they couldn't leave? And they had to get the NXT guys up to like I forgot where it was. Like, it was like Baltimore, wherever it was, to have a show. And basically, it was it was basically like a uh, uh, NXT uh, light version of uh, SmackDown. So I really wish that you know we would have had NXT more consistently on main roster being showcased. Right? Can you imagine Shinsuke Nakamura early on? Can you imagine? And they did Kevin Owens too early on too as well, but. It wasn't consistent with that, but I'm I'm glad now that uh, Triple H is having that that say to get these NXT matches, uh, NXT talent on the show. Wish we could have seen Carmelo Hayes, and you know, as we, yeah, we haven't seen Carmelo Hayes, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think we've seen Carmelo Hayes yet on the main roster. Uh, we definitely seen Braun Breaker. Uh, we've seen Tiffany Stratton. I don't think we've seen Tiffany Stratton in a match either. But but regardless, though, regardless, great match, great match, and. You know, that's, that's, to me, that's Dom's best match ever. That's Dom's best match ever, singles match at least. So, you know, the first two, the first two hours of Raw, we're rolling, baby. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's rolling, baby. It's looking good. It's looking good. So, first two hours, looking good. (sighs) All right, we come back from commercial break after we see Nia Jax walking backstage. Coming out to the ring. Coming out for commercial break. There was an interview between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And, uh, you know, basically, uh, and basically, long story short, um, Owens says, uh, Jey Uso has proved, uh, has proved isn't that he wasn't with Judgment Day last week. Zayn says it's not about uh, Uso or even about the Judgment Day. It's about the two of them coming up, uh, coming up together and making it to the main event of WrestleMania and taking back what is theirs. 
So they're going to try to take back what is theirs, which is the tag team championships, which will be main event in the show. First, all the way from the beginning of the show, with the opening promo to that promo segment, Raw has been great. I wouldn't say Raw of the year, but it's been great. I'm not like most girls. Even though that's not our theme anymore. It's kind of like a remix. It's like, I'm not like most girls. Remix. So, Nia Jax comes out. This promo was shit. It was terrible. It was awful. It was, like, I, I, I can't begin to tell you on how bad it was. She hasn't improved. She hasn't improved at all. She lost weight. She lost weight. She looks better. Um, it, it, but this was terrible, man. Who, obviously, from what it seems like, the Nia Jax, um, situation seems like it was a Vince call to get her back right before the merger happened. And she comes out there and she, she says absolutely fucking nothing at all. It's terrible. She comes out there and she says she apologized for not paying attention uh, to Michael Cole. She, sa- uh, she says Nia Jax is the... She says that she's the baddest human in WWE. Who writes this stuff? Who writes this crap? I'm the baddest human in WWE. That's like saying like, oh, I am the most popular human in WWE history, WWE Universe. It seems like a robot wrote this for Nia Jax, and she sounded very robotic as well. Terrible. And if you don't think it gets any worse after she runs down all the women, she was like, Chelsea Green, Raquel Rodriguez, Rhea Ripley. And all that crap. Zoe Stark comes out. And I think Zoe Stark uh, is great in the ring. She's fantastic. She's better than Nia Jax. You know what I mean? Overall, if I had to put him in the tall pole, Nia Jax would be towards the bottom. And look, at the end of the day, look, I have no ill will against Nia Jax as far as... I'm talking about her on-screen character. On-screen character. This is just my opinion. Just me, just like, uh, you know, Roger Ebert critiquing a movie right this is just my opinion i have no ill will against her i actually follow her i think she does a lot of great stuff on on uh you know on on instagram she does her tiktoks think they're funny great you know what i mean but when it comes to her character on television and her in-ring work it's just not there it's just not my cup of tea it's not believable for me you already got you know uh women of of uh, similar styles, we'll say, of like a Dewdrop, of like a, um, you know, you got Dewdrop, you got Nia Jax, you got uh, Raquel Rodriguez, you got Rhea Ripley, um, bigger women, and, you know, I'm, you know, either taller, right, or wider. <laughs> um, you got women like that who are already there. What is Nia Jax doing better than those women? 
Shane better than Dewdrop. Dewdrop. Now, Dewdrop is a good damn in-ring wrestler. She's great. She's great. I love Dewdrop. Yeah, I, I call it Dewdrop. It's Piper Niven. Sorry. Uh, Piper Niven. Sorry. Piper Niven. Piper Niven. I can't believe I'm calling her Dewdrop, but it's it. Ro- Actually, Dewdrop rolls off the tongue better. The name just sucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> just rolls off the tongue be- better. But um, but at the end of the day, um, we see, uh, like I said, Dewdrop and Pepper Niven is better than Nia Jax in the ring. You got Raquel Rodriguez, who's definitely better than Nia Jax, Nia Jax overall. Then Rhea Ripley, like, come on, like, you know, it's it, 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 it's it's a no it's a no fucking contest when it comes to that. So anyway, Zoe Stark comes out to the ring, and as I mentioned, Zoe Stark is grand the ring. Do not give her a microphone. It was, it was bad, man. She comes out there. She gets Ryan Nia Jax's face. Uh, you know, Nia shoves her back. Zoe charges at her. And, you know, man, terrible, man. Nia Jax versus Zoe Stark. Nia Jax wins with the buns eye drop. Like, look. They gotta give Nia Jackson a new finisher, cause she's gonna hurt. I mean, she. I mean, she's going to hurt people. She's already hurting people already. She hurt people. She hurt people when she was in WWE first time, and she's already hurting people. She already hurt uh, Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez her first night back, hurting them. They need to change her finisher. I don't know what they they can. Wherever they do, like, oh, I, I wouldn't trust her with a power bomb. I would. I'm trying to think what we'll do. That'll that'll be more safe. The bonsai drop ain't safe. Samoan drop, Death Valley driver. How would do a Death Valley driver? No, no, I don't trust her to do that either. She'll probably break someone's neck. They need to figure something out with Nia Jax though, as far as like her finisher. But oh man. So anyway, anyway, uh, that was the end of the match there. Um. Backstage, we see um, uh, backstage, we see Jay Uso interview. Uh, he says, uh, uh, "There's no groups, no emo bands, and especially no Judgment Day." Uh, Corey took a chance on him, and he didn't uh, want. He say, and he won't do him like that. He says uh, he and Ko have beef, but it is what it is, and Sammy is his dog. Uh, but if Judgment Day tries some funny moves, he'll be there to keep an eye on him. So, I love that they're not ignored. So, he hit on a lot of points there. Hey, Cody took a chance on me. Hey, we're not friends, but hey, he took a chance on me. Hey, me me, me, and KO have beef, right? Hey, but, hey, you know, hey, it is what it is, as he said. Then, he says, hey, Sammy's my dog. So, I'm, I'm loving I'm loving that, 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 that bit of uh, detail there for that. So, we come back from commercial break, and we see... Uh, yeah, we come back for commercial break, and we see Finn Balor congratulating Dominic Mysterio on his uh, successful title defense, and uh, reassures uh, uh, Damian Priest to go cool off because uh, he got in the face. Damian Priest got in the face of of uh, JD McDonough, and you know, well that was well that was uh, earlier as well, but I, it, in, in these notes it didn't have that segment in there. So yeah, basically, uh, long story short, earlier uh, at the beginning of the show. J.D. McDonough, uh, you know, or Damon Priest got in the face. J.D. McDonough scared him off. So I don't know what happened to these notes here because 
yeah, this website is terrible with notes. Like, they're very lazy with it. But, but anyway, go to Miz TV. Miz, Miz was in the ring. Uh, well, Drew McIntyre came out, made his entrance. But uh, we had a Miz TV segment. Miz uh, tells him uh, to take all his frustration out on Kofi Kingston tonight because uh, it was going to be Kofi Kingston versus Drew McIntyre. Um, and that this is the place he can speak freely. Uh, the A-lister commends him for throwing Jey Uso to the wolves and says he had uh, done the same thing. Uh, Drew says yeah, he's nothing like the Miz, but the A-lister says uh, they're not a lot alike. And um, and abandoning uh, Uso is a Miz move. Uh, he walks through the events of Clash at the Castle, uh, you know, uh, to remind you why he doesn't like Jey Uso. McIntyre cuts him off and says, calm as a bitch. Um, in my, you know, Scottish accent, which is like probably like a negative two uh, from a one to ten. Um, Miss says Jay made his bed and last week he slept in it. He says uh, Drew is the Batman of WWE and that makes uh, Cody Rhodes Superman. So how did it feel to get upstaged by Cody last week? Miss just instigator, instigator, instigator. He's, like, <laughs> he's just like, he's just, yeah, anyway. But, um, but, uh, yeah, so basically, long story short, um, we have, uh, yeah, so we have the New Day come out, make their entrance or whatnot, and, um, yeah, come out, make their entrance, and basically, uh, Kofi was basically saying that, uh, he should have helped Jay last week, why did you walk out on him, you know, this and the other, and basically led to a match, we'll, we'll, we'll cut that short there, but we know what the problem was, it, it, it basically led to a match, and it was a good match, very good match between these two. We saw Alabama slams, we saw belly to belly suplexes, we saw future stock DDTs, we saw a lot of great stuff in this match between uh, Kofi and Drew McIntyre. Uh, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there was a distraction uh, uh, that happened where he gets attacked by a ringside. So basically, Ivar attacks. Uh, Xavier was by ringside, and Kofi um, turns around to see, and Drew basically hits him with a claymore. So one, two, three. Uh, after the match, Ivar beats uh, beats uh, up. He beats up. I was gonna say he beat up. Uh, Ivar beats up uh, Kofi Kingston in the ring. Drew McIntyre walks away, and that is your uh, match and segment there. So, so we're gonna deviate from Raw for a second because. There is breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna have to change the thumbnail here. Um, after after all this here, so this is coming from WWE. It was first reported by ESPN, but but this is so real. We already knew this was gonna happen. We already knew. We already knew this was gonna happen. It's not news to us, but since this is official, we can announce it. Jay Cargill. Has officially signed with WWE with a a multi-year deal with WWE as first report by ESPN. Great stuff. I mean, this this woman is going to be, I mean, she's already a star, but she's going to be a huge superstar. A huge superstar. um, I think that if done correctly, if she improves in the ring and all that stuff, like, you know, we got to, you know, 
I won't say that she's like like a you know a uh, a Crispin Wall. I don't know why Crispin Wall was first person that came to my mind. A Kurt Angle. <laughs> um, a Kurt Angle. She's she's not that, but she improves in the ring to be very successful to put on good good high profile matches with like a Charlotte Flair, Ray Ripley, a Bianca Belair. She could be one of the biggest stars ever in WWE for for the women's division. Period. She has that superhero look. She can be Storm in in in, in an X Men movie if they ever decide to do that, or X Men TV show if they ever decide to do that. She can be Storm. She can be in, like I said in movies. She can. She's gonna. ESPN is 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 probably gonna want her on you know first take. You never know. You know what I mean because you know how sometimes they get uh, some wrestlers on there, Triple H on there. You never know. They may get Jay Cargill on there. I can see her be on being on that level. Um, I'm really interested to see where merchandise is. Uh, I am in the action figure game, so she does have her AEW figure. She has several, several, several AEW figures out. She just had the uh, AEW shop one. I, I think it was the one out of three thousand. Then she had series four in the unmatched series. Then she has the two pack with Britt Baker with the TBS title. So she has three AEW figures off the top of my head right now. She's gonna get Mattel figures. She's gonna get basics. She's probably gonna get a freaking ultimate. An ultimate figure, an elite figure. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great. Um, her, you know her her merchandise as far as her T-shirts. They may even. I wouldn't be even surprised if they even come out with with the with the with the platinum silver wigs. Uh, for for little kids to wear in the crowd. I don't know that you know because they did have like the remember the Enzo Memori hair you know they used to have, but she looks like a she's a star. She's a, it's just it's just it's just great. Now, now let's. Talk about her debut and when she's debuting. I want her to go to NXT. I want her to get her bearings in NXT. I want her to um, learn the craft in NXT, learn WWE television NXT. If you remember, seven years ago, AJ Styles, when he debuted in WWE, he even said himself that, hey... I should have been in NXT for at least six months, two years before I came up to the main roster. Now it's AJ Styles. He, he, you know, obviously, if he did that, he probably would have never become WWE champion. So he did take that gamble, and it worked for him at the end of the day. But I would love Jay Cargill to be down there because I want to see her have longevity within the company. She's already having that multi-year deal. So, and that's another reason why why they bring back Nia Jax, because once Jay Cargill comes in. She barely, I think Jay Cargill is going to go to SmackDown, me personally, which I which I don't agree with because I want her and Bianca Belair to stay away from each other, and it's inevitable that they'll come together. Unless if they're in the faction with the Hurt Business or what's supposed to be the, the new Hurt Business with the Street Profits and they make them a tag team, then you got Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. I'm cool with that. I just don't want them to be in a, uh, you know, a, a one versus one dynamic. I think that's super fucking early for that but they may put her on smackdown or they may do a trick this is what i would do this is what i would do have her on smackdown debut on smackdown right um if, if she's going to the main roster this is how i would do it i would have her go to smackdown debut on smackdown right for maybe like a month then trade her to monday night raw in exchange for more women so you can send like three women over there. If Tegan Knox is still around. You can send send Tegan Knox over there, 
and maybe you can send uh, Kane Carter and uh, Katana Chance. Something like that. So that way you can evenly split these uh, the women the women. But, I mean, we're going to get more news about it. Uh, there's going to be, uh, including myself, well, I'm not talking about it right now, but, but again, Jay Cargill has officially signed to WWE, so, um, amen. It's, 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 yeah, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. Um, so, it's, it's, it's a big deal, man. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really huge deal that, that she's signed to WWE. So, We'll we'll take it to the chat for a second here in, in a little bit here, but I want I want to get your thoughts. I'm going to change the thumbnail real quick as I'm doing this here, but but what are your guys' thoughts about Jade signing to WWE? Do you think it's a win? Do you think it's a loss? Do you think that she's going to live up to the hype? Like, what do you think about this here? Because I think it's going to live up to the hype and even more so. Let's get back into it. Let's uh, continuing uh, Raw here. I think I think uh, if someone can refresh the stream, see if it uh, officially changes the name of the uh, podcast. Thank you. Uh, that'll be great. Just refresh it. All right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, Drew McIntyre wins. And we're moving on. Um, which is the main event. So, we got here with the main event now. So, that's all we got to talk about. But main event, cut short. Great main event. I will say this though, and, I'm, and just because of well, what what the news just happened, I still got. I'm not going to rush this here. Ever since the beginning of this year, even though it was a great main event, I'm not taking anything away from the main event, and that we are going to get a war games match for what it seems like. I still cannot ignore the fatigue and the number of matches that. The Judgment Day, all members of the Judgment Day, and a mixture of Cody, Sammy, Kevin Owens. Now you can include Jey Uso into that now. Jey Uso. There were, and I counted, there were, before last night, 15 matches on Raw or pay-per-view that included that combination this year and last night was 16. That's basically, that's maybe like at least two or three times a month. Because I think, it, I think it, started, it started happening after WrestleMania. And this was started happening after WrestleMania. So basically we're, we're almost six months. Come on. Like, I, I get it. There's other ways to tell stories other than just putting them in, in tag team matches or one-on-one matches. You can tell other stories with including other people with with disqualifications, beatdowns, countouts, things of that nature. Um, very unimaginative. But as of right now, my interest is peaking right now due to the addition of Jay Uso. And my interest is peaking right now due to the possible war games. But man, I'm not going to ignore that right there. But the uh, but the match overall, match overall was great. Great match. I mean, these guys are not going to pull in a bad match whatsoever. Um... You know, so, you know, at the end, we did see uh, Cody go out there and Jay go out there. Then you see J.D. McDonough go uh, coming out there as well, um, you know, basically helping out the Judgment Day. And, and you see uh, you see basically the officials running down to the ring as well. You know, like your uh, who, who was that was Petey Williams out there. Uh, I, don't, yeah, I think it was like Petey Williams. And I think he had um, 
uh, Kenny Dykstra out there. You know, you got, got all your. I'm waiting for Nick Aldis to come out there. I forgot to mention too as well. Nick Aldis um, and Sean Davari produced uh, Dragon Lee versus uh, Dominic Mysterio. So, hey man, Nick Aldis, man, former NWA champion. He obviously, he knows what he's doing. So, that's uh, that was pretty awesome. But regardless, though, I'm waiting for Nick Aldis to actually uh, come out there on TV if he's officially signed to WWE as a producer. But um, basically, long story short, you get a big brawl. Judgment Day wins by uh, uh by 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 pinfall. They still retain the tag team titles. Then we see a lot of brawling at the end of the show with Cody and uh Cody, Jey Uso, Sammy and Kevin versus the Judgment Day, including um JD McDonough. And at one point, you saw I believe it was Cody who did a suicide dive through the ropes, knocking JD McDonough over the announce table. Looked pretty, you know, a little pretty brutal there. But that was the show, guys. And and again, Raw compared to last week and this week was damn good. A lot of great storytelling here, great matches, new stars being developed, new stars taking you know, being uh having having a chance to be taken on with them, right? You got three storylines spawned from this. You got the Drew McIntyre story. You got the Cody story on why why he's bringing back uh, Jey Uso. And you got War Games. Possibly. Those three things right there. Oh, yeah, fourth. The fourth thing, if you want to call it a fourth, the dynamic between Jey Uso and Kevin Owens. You got all these stories, you know, stewing into a pot here. And it's great. And eventually, we got to find out why Cody... Brought back Jey Uso eventually. Like, like well, I mean, he explained it, but like, like you know, like with the whole SmackDown thing, who's going to SmackDown, all that stuff. We got to figure that out. That's number one. Number two, Drew McIntyre. I expect Drew McIntyre and Cody to get involved with each other sometime in the next couple months. And after that, maybe Cody goes to SmackDown. I don't know. But I think Cody right now, I, I kind of thinking about it, he needs to stay on Raw for a while before he goes to SmackDown. Because we all know, for the most part, Cody may be going to SmackDown. And if he's going to SmackDown, if he leaves soon, then that's not good. I don't like that. I don't like the fact that Cody would go to to SmackDown right now because what is he going to do over there? What is he going to do over there for the next six months before WrestleMania? We'll say the next four months because you could use that those other two months to build a WrestleMania. What is he going to do there for four months? Who is he going to feud against? That will make sense. Keep him on Raw. Keep him on Raw. Then once uh, once uh, they finalize the trade, they can send Cody Rhodes on over to SmackDown when it's appropriate. And so they can get the ball rolling at WrestleMania and see it. But that was the, or the Monday Night Raw recap, ladies and gentlemen. So great show. We got some news here. We'll talk a little bit more about Jay Cargill in the... Uh, in the back half of this here, we got 24 minutes left in the show. Again, if you guys are new around here, leave a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, uh, turn on those notification bells as well, so you know why I go live. But I'm here every weekday, guys. You don't need a notification bell. All you need to know is I'm here every weekday from 8:30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. And like I said, say your notifications bell for that. This is uh, the Morning Slam podcast live here on YouTube and also on wherever you hear your podcast as well. So enough of Monday Night Raw. Let's get into some more news here. Very quick news notes here. Eddie Kingston signed 
uh, a four-year deal with AEW. He revealed this here by ad-free shows. He stated, you haven't heard anything about me with a contract because uh, I did my shit on the low. My thing was coming up and I got four more years. I'm straight. Uh, no one needs to know how much. No one needs to know how long. Well, we found it was four years. <laughs> I got my fucking shit. I got my shit, and I'm and I'm going to uh, be there for a minute because uh, there is nowhere else where I want to be. And that's good for Eddie Kingston. I, you know, I've grown on Eddie Kingston. I liked him, you know, you know, about ten years ago. Then when he got to Eddie, I was like, oh, oh no, he always seems angry. You know, what I mean, he, I mean, at the end of the day, he's he's still angry, but I just realized, hey, that's just. This is fucking Eddie Kingston. This is Eddie being Eddie. So I just got I just gotten used to it. But he's he's grown back on me again. But um great, great on the mic. You can't say this man can't cut a promo. In the ring, some people don't like it. Some people love it. I'm in the middle ish towards more liking it than not liking it for the most part but he is an asset he is someone that that can legitimately can make a feud important with just about anybody um so yeah man good for him it's a four-year deal um and he deserves it too as well because he's a guy that was on the indies for years and years and years and years and years and he even cut a promo uh, a few years ago talking about um um well we we i'm sorry sorry i was looking at the chat here yes only cover pro wrestling Kervin. this is a wrestling show that's why it's called the morning sign podcast <laughs> um i shouldn't be looking at my chat either so my apologies guys so i appreciate you guys coming in here um so Really, really, really thank you guys for coming in here. But I try not to look at the chat because it is it is more distracting to me than anything else. Um, but I do acknowledge what you guys are saying in there, though, so I really do appreciate it. But Eddie Kingston, overall, though, he deserves this. And uh, he really um, is a guy that, that can really, um, like I said, you know, make a few legitimate. So, so good for him. Good for him. He got his four years, and hopefully he continues to um, – uh, do what you love. So, I mean, he doesn't want to go to the WWE, that's for sure. Uh, SmackDown Reigns. SmackDown from uh, Friday got a 2.2 uh, view, amount of viewers, 2.2 viewers, <laughs> 2.2 million viewers. And the, uh, in the demographic, that, in the 1849 demographic, they got a 0.63. Rampage got a 341,000 viewers. And in the 18 to 49, they got a point one two. So Rampage, I mean, look, it is what is a Rampage. I mean, they don't put anything on the show. They don't put anything on there that, that is worth a, a, a damn. Um, you know, Collision is the opposite. Collision, they actually do stuff on there. Collision, they actually, um, uh, you know, Collision, they actually, you know, um, how should I say, they, they, they actually – advanced storylines on there they had big they had a big tile change ish <laughs> technically they had a big tile change on saturday as well and dynamite's dynamite so rampage I, you know whatever like it's I, I don't know but speaking of smackdown this is great and and, and this is very encouraging to someone like jay cargo which we're going to talk about again a little bit here EO Sky versus oscar had the highest viewed quarter and the highest increased jump from the previous quarter last week's, almost 2.4 million viewers tuned in for the match with Oscar versus EO Sky for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship or WWE um, Women's Championship. 
with uh, over 100,000 viewer jump from the previous quarter. That quarter had John Cena in it. That quarter had John Cena in it. So that tells you that if you can get a hyped match, doesn't matter who it is, women or not, if you get a hyped match, you can you can have the biggest you know biggest drawing in the show, and that's what they did there. So I'm very happy for those women, man. I'm very huge fans of them, um, and and it was it was a very good match. So so happy for Oscar uh, and EO for getting that recognition. Speaking of viewership, TBS celebrates AEW Dynamite's Grand Slam says program reached 2.8 million viewers. Hold on, calm down. They did not average 2.8 million viewers. We know this. Calm down. Let's let's stick a toll here for a second. But it reached 2.8 million viewers. So although last week's AEW Grand Slam reportedly averaged 984,000 viewers on TBS, uh, Warner Bros. Discovery, uh, issued a press on Monday to claim that 2.8 million fans watched the third uh, annual uh, television special that emanated from Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York. While WBD did not provide specifics on the viewership breakdown, one can assume that additionally, uh, additionally nearly 2 million viewers included delayed viewers watching via DVR on demand and other official streaming platforms that carry AEW programming. So though the release WBD also touted last Wednesday show as the strongest performing episode of the year, which which I can agree with because they they did had a you know a very nice rain. And also on top of that as well, uh, there you know I think that was the most viewed Dynamite since January or something like that. But saying that the fact that the show delivered a one point one one rating among uh, adults twenty five uh, through fifty four and a point nine three in the fourteen uh, for a nine key demos. Uh, AEW uh, saw a nearly 20% spike from their prior six weeks, a key indicator of the interest the special episode generated among casual fans, as noted in the live viewership article, Dynamite Grand Slam also finished as Cable's number one telecast among key demographics, including 18 to 49 and um, for adults and males 25 to 54 and ranked number two overall, all across all cable and network television among males 18 to 34. So basically, long story short, good for, good for Dynamite. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that there is a second wrestling promotion out there. I'm glad that they, that they are starting to ascend a little bit, you know, up the ladder a little bit again uh, due to the old CM Punk fiasco um, earlier in the summer or you know a couple months ago at this point now. But um, yeah, man, good, good for, good for, good for AEW, good for Dynamite, and um, you know, I really wish them in, more in success here as well because they there's some stuff on there that eh, I don't, I can't live without. But right now they're they're putting on some 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 good stuff for the most part. So you know, I'm, I'm enjoying Dynamite right now. I'm enjoying AEW right now overall. There, like I said, there's stuff on there I can live without, but you know, overall I am I am enjoying what I'm seeing on AEW. <clears throat> Let's talk about Jay Uso real quick. Uh, I, I should have brought this up a little bit earlier, but this is coming from Fightful Select. Sean Ross Sepp. WWE officials are happy with the reactions for Jay Uso. He's timidly, timidly, tentatively planned 
for a long-term and heavily featured role. Those around the Bloodline, uh, bloodline storyline were confident that Jay would be launched into single stardom. So, and so far, so good. Because as I mentioned earlier, as I mentioned throughout this whole podcast, this morning, Jay Uso is... You know he's he's just he just he's just making he's making everything better on Raw right now so so that that's basically you know that's news but not news for the most part. Uh, we got if you guys are into Japanese wrestling stardom, if you're familiar with this name, Mariah May may come back to stardom. It's not for sure that she is coming back. This has come from Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer newsletter. She told. The company that she's not going to WWE or AEW and that the door is open for her to come back if she wants to. Uh, the status, uh, uh, that's the status. I think a lot of the people that thought that she was going to AEW for is for sure, and she may be, but it doesn't appear for sure uh, she's left the door open with Starman. That's again coming from Dave Meltzer. So if you're familiar Ramaya, uh, Mariah May, uh, she's part of uh, Club Venus with Mia Shikawa over there in Stardom. Be familiar with them. Not saying for you to go check out all their stuff, but just know who they are, and uh, you know, hopefully you get you get to uh, to see. She's very she's very uh, easy on the eyes as well, so that helps too. So, but uh, yeah, Mariah May looks like she's maybe staying at Storm for now. That is at least a speculation. But she, if not, she may go to WWE or AEW. So just keep an eye out on that. And finally, um, before we get back into some more Jade stuff here, we got the NXT card tonight, the preview. We got Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov contract signing for No Mercy on Saturday. We got Jack and Eddie Thorpe in a strap match. Eddie Thorpe doesn't like his treat being whipped, so that's going to be very interesting. We'll, we will review that tomorrow. Gigi Dolan versus Blair Davenport. Um, and we also have uh, Butch versus Joe Coffey, which is the finals of the... Um, Heritage Cup tournament, which is basically a G1 climax tournament <laughs> for NXT. So the winner faces Noam Dar at No Mercy, and we got Becky uh, Becky Lynch uh, segment. I'm assuming it's a promo segment uh, where Tippi Trans is going to come out. You know, maybe maybe she beats down uh, Becky Lynch to get heat for their Extreme Rules match at um, No Mercy this Saturday. So I will say this: NXT is my favorite show. It's my favorite show right now, so I am looking forward to that tonight. Not saying it's the best show. I think Raw's the best show, but my favorite show right now is uh, NXT. Let's get back to Jay Cargill, and let's see what the... Uh... So, look at this. So, WWE on <laughs> on Twitter... They're already starring it. They're already starring it. They're saying, name the first superstar you'd like to see Jay Cargill face in WWE. One person says Bianca. No. Why would you want that match to happen as her first match? Calm down. Calm down, bro. One person put the promo of of uh, Jade uh, Cargill being confronted by Brandy Rhodes. But a lot of people, a lot of people are, are, are saying Bianca Belair. I want that match. But you don't have that as Jade's first match. Come on. Use your head, people. Use your head, people. Use your head, people. Okay? Rhea Ripley. Uh, 
No. No. I don't want that as our first match. No. Liv Morgan? I can I can I can live with that. Nia Jax? That will put Jade over tremendously. And this is what they're doing with Nia Jax to put Jade over. I'm not gonna complain. I'm not gonna complain about that. It was just to put Jade over. But a lot of people are saying Bianca Belair. Which is which is a big no for me. Not because I don't want to see the match. I want to see the match. You just don't put that as our first match. You just don't. It's it's something it's something that you you no. No, you don't do it. But uh yeah, but a lot of people want to see that first feud. A lot of people wanna want Bianca versus Jade at WrestleMania 40. Look, man. Look, look. I would I would do a Jade Cargill. Maybe have Jade Cargill in the hurt business. There's a lot of things that are going through my head right now. But maybe have Jade Cargill with Bianca. If if they're gonna keep Bianca on SmackDown, they need to have an alliance. Or not Bianca, they're gonna keep Jade. I'm sorry. They're gonna keep Jade on SmackDown. Or if they put her on SmackDown, they need to have an alliance. Point blank, period. They need to have an alliance. Point blank, period. Because eventually, if they're separated, eventually that's going to come to a head in a one-on-one match. I'd rather have them be friends and teammates. And and once they break up, it's a bigger story. Kind of like Sami Zayn and the Bloodline. You know, for, you know, it, it was the hugest story. One of the hugest stories of 2023, still. One of the huge stories of 2023 still is, you know, Sami Zayn breaking up from the bloodline and that match with Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber in Montreal. They can do something similar with, with Bianca and Jade if they pull them together. That's if Jade is going to be on SmackDown, which I think they may end up doing because she's the bigger star. You know what I mean? It may be better for Fox, but at the end of the day, too, you know, WWE is not going to be on Fox anymore. They're going to be gone. From Fox and this time, actually this time, next year, one year from now. So I don't think that that that's that I don't think that's really gonna be a concern to Fox at this point, in my opinion. But I if she's gonna be on the main roster, I'd rather have for her to go to Raw. In a trade in some in some aspect. Where she's on SmackDown temporary, then go to Raw. And I think that's probably gonna be better for her overall, in my opinion. But Jay Cargill, guys, is in going to be in the WWE. Well, I see I see a, a picture of a Ricky Starks saying that he's proud, and it's a picture of him and Jade. Ricky Starks, you may be next, brother. It's a domino effect. Cody, Jade, Ricky, Wartlow, MJF. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But again, guys, if you guys are uh, coming in with the news, Jay Cargill has officially signed a multi-year contract with WWE. That's coming from ESPN, and it's also coming from WWE's Twitter. Official. It's official. 100% official. Jay Cargill signed to WWE. Huge. Huge. Big. This is the biggest woman signing I don't want to say, God, man, do I want to say ever? Like a free agent signing. This is not like 
This is not like, you know, being developed like Sasha Banks and Bailey and uh, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. They were all, they were like basically, well, except for Charlotte Flair, basically all nobodies. Then became superstars, right? Rhea Ripley became a superstar under the WWE umbrella. But would you say, and I can't really think off the top of my head, is, you know, is the biggest woman signing in WWE history, free agent signing? Trish Stratus developed under WWE. Lita developed under WWE. Like, you know, Asuka. Everyone knew who Asuka was. Well, not everyone. But not a lot of people knew who Asuka was originally. Io Sky, Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane. They were big signings for people who knew of their, their work in Japan. Jay Cargill's signing is a bigger signing because casuals know who Jay Cargill is. I think this is the biggest signing for a woman, free agent signing in WWE history. I, I can't really I, I can't really pinpoint and think of, of anything else that rivals this. You know? Am I wrong to think that? Alexa Bliss? No. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it's the biggest signing uh, ever. But don't want to don't want to really uh, continue to um, to go on that point there. But she is training worldwide right now. Is Jay Cargill though? But uh, when more news breaks, I'll come and bring that to you here. But Outside of that, guys, that is it for the podcast here. Thank you so much, for guys, for coming out here. Thank you so much for uh, checking me out. I am here every weekday, 8.30 to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. We're ending about five minutes early here. Um, don't forget to follow me on Twitter. X, X, down below. Follow me on there. I, you know, I am going to be tweeting out. I did tweet out for Monday Night Raw, my live thoughts. If you want to follow me on there and, and uh, you know, uh, comment and talk to me about my live thoughts on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite, you know, and by all means, follow me there. Also, follow me on Instagram as well. And also, I'm going to be uh, uploading these podcasts on Spotify and Apple and Google and all the other, you know, Spotify. I mentioned that too as well. But, but anyway, that's it, guys. I'm going to go and get out of here. You guys have a great day. Enjoy. Jay Cargill is officially signed to WWE. See you guys later. Peace.